You are listening to African Perspectives with host Brother Oshi on Time for an Awakening Media, part of the Black Talk Radio Network. For podcasting or live program scheduling, hit them up at timeforanawakening at gmail.com. Listen, people, 
to African Perspectives, where we review the issues of our day from an African worldview and African-centered perspective. This program is unapologetically African. It is a custom in the African tradition to ask elders for permission to speak, having been granted permission to our ancestors whose shoulders we stand on, to our elders whose shadows we walk in. I greet you, my dear brothers and sisters, in the language of one of the greatest civilizations on this planet, it gave the world the basic disciplines of knowledge of science, math, architecture, music, writing, law, religion, you name it, we did it. The Greeks called it Egypt, but they called themselves Kemet, and Kemet means land of the blacks. I greet you all in the Kemetic language, the word of peace, Hotep. It is truly an honor and a privilege to pour libation because we truly do stand on the shoulders of those who came before us. We're going to use water because water has no enemies. Water is the great cleanser, the great purifier. Everything on the planet that lives, it needs water from a tiny microscopic organism to a tall redwood tree. We pour water into the earth to invoke the spirits of our ancestors and we say the word ashe. It simply means so be it. So we pour this libation to God for all that God has done and for all that God will do. We sashay. We pour this libation to Mother Africa, birthplace of all humanity, everyone who has lived, everyone who will live in the future. We all have a common ancestral root in Africa. We pour this libation to the classical civilizations of Africa. I mentioned Kemet in the opening. Kemet was the height, the apex, the zenith of African high culture. But there were others as well, as Tymeri, Punt, and Nubia. So we poured this libation to the classical civilizations of Africa. 
You say, Ashe? We poured us libation to the contemporary civilizations of Africa, of Ghana, Mali, Zangai, Benin, Great Zimbabwe, civilizations that were flourishing and growing while Europe was in a medieval or dark age. The University of Sankare at Timbuktu, an outstanding educational institution. So we poured us libation to the contemporary civilizations of Africa. We say, Ashe? We poured us libation to the Ma'afa, the holocaust of our enslavement, the Infakani, the great tragedy, uprooted out of Africa. Our brothers and sisters lay a carpet along the Atlantic Ocean. We're in North America, South America, Central America, and throughout the diaspora. So we poured us libation to our brothers and sisters who suffered the Ma'afa, the Infakani, the holocaust of our enslavement, the great tragedy. We poured us libation in their honor and in their memory. We do not know their names, but because of them and their sacrifice, we are here. So we sashay. We poured us libation to those who fought against enslavement. If you ever heard me do a libation, you will know that we were not slaves. I repeat, we were not slaves. We were captives. What does a captive want to do? Get free. So we poured us libation to all those men and women who fought against enslavement. In fact, I maintain that some of us are more of a slave today than we were in our initial captivity because some of us are a slave to vice, to corruption, to drugs, sex, and violence. So we poured us libation to those who fought against enslavement. Gabriel Prosser, Nat Turner, Denmark Vesey, Harriet Tutman. We always resisted. And we will always resist. So we poured us libation in the name and the honor of those men and women who fought against our captivity. We poured us libation to those unborn, those young men and women who will once again lead us back on the stage of human history as a free and proud and productive people. We sashay. We poured us libation to brotherhood and sisterhood together for the union of family. We need each other. We don't have good family life. There's a saying, conditions shape conduct and consciousness. The conditions in our community are bad. The conduct towards each other is not good. Because why? We lack consciousness. And consciousness is more than just awareness. Consciousness is a deeper understanding of who you are historically, who you are culturally. So once we begin to understand the importance of brotherhood and sisterhood together for the union of family. Brothers and sisters, let us all say, Ashe, Ashe. You are listening to Time For an Awakening Media, part of the Black Talk Radio Network. For podcasts or live programming, hit them up at timeforanawakening.com. Good morning, African world. You are listening to African Perspectives here on the Motherland Media Network on timeforanawakening.com and blacktalkradionetwork.com. And I am your host, Baba Oshi Hotep family. Hope everything, hope everything is well for you today. Hope you're going to have a good weekend. Hoping you'll get a chance to do all the things you want to do, should do, must do, can do, and will do. Hoping, too, that the weather will be accommodating for you to do it. But, of course, if it is not, and you know it has to get done, you know it must be done. Yes, you will get it done. It will be done. Thy will be done. (laughs) 
This is African Perspectives. We're here every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m., 10 to 12 Central, 9 to 11 Mountain, or 8 to 10 Pacific, any other time around the world. But if you cannot listen to this program live, you can always go to our archives at timeforanawakening.com. At the top of the page, you'll see podcast. Click on that. The drop down, you'll see African Perspectives. Click on that, and there will be programs that are dated and titled. The shortcut you can just use, babaoshi.net. Go to the search engine of your choice and uh, put in babaoshi, B-A-B-A-O-S-H-I.net. And once again, there will be programs that are dated and titled. Also, too, from a programming note, uh, on TuneIn, many have experiencing being cut off uh, in the broadcast by commercials and so forth. Uh, you can go right to Time for an Awakening Family. Just go right to Time for an Awakening. And on the, right in the middle of the page on the right side, right hand side, you know, there's, there's the broadcast. Click the play button and, and listen, okay? Time for an Awakening.com. Other programming we have here on Time for an Awakening Media. Once again, this program is every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern Time. And all times are going to give our Eastern Times. On Tuesdays, Black Reality Think Tank with host Brother Alfonso Watkins in honor of Dr. William Rogers. Black Reality Think Tank, Tuesday from 8 until. Thursdays from 7 to 8 on Thursdays, Mississippi on the move, the Black Liberation Movement. Mississippi on the move. If it's Friday, and today's Friday, oh, 8 o'clock, it must be time for an awakening with Brother Elliot and Brother Richard. Fridays from 8 until Saturday from 7 to 9 on Saturday the Sankofa Elders Council. And then on Sunday at 7 p.m. from 7 until once again, time for an awakening with Brother Elliot and Brother Richard. And the number to call is 215-490-9832. 215-490-9832. We buy black. We Buy Black, the largest online marketplace for American African-owned businesses, is WeBuyBlack.com. Get everything you need from American African-owned businesses, WeBuyBlack.com. This call may be... Because if you, if we don't do it, hey, it may not get done. So, WeBuyBlack.com. Africa for the Africans. org. Brother Bamani Tahimba just got back from Senegal and Gambia with my dear friend, um, Brother Irvin Lewis, and he was on this past Wednesday talking about the things that he had seen and how he felt about the Senegal-Gambia trip, and he truly enjoyed himself. Senegal and Gambia. This next trip is May 24th, next month, May 24th to June 5th, going to Ghana. Then July 20th to the July 30th, Rwanda. November 16th to November 27th, Tanzania. December 24th to January 4th, 2024, Azenia, South Africa, Azenia. March 29th to April 9th, Liberia. July 11th through July 23rd, Ghana. And then November 21st to December 2nd, Kemet. And here he added this, he had the Senegal and Gambia trip again. April 1st to April 11th. Senegal and Gambia. 
once again, Brother Amani Tahim is always upgrading and always taking care of his website and giving out pertinent pro- important information. You can buy land in Africa. You can invest in Africa. You can repatriate. All these things are possible. Brothers and sisters, go to Africa for the Africans.org. If you want to see pictures of previous tours, even the latest one, just got, he just got back from Senegal and Gambia. Then you can go to facebook.com forward slash Bomani. If you want to see videos, go to youtube.com forward slash Bomani 2007. Africa for the Africans.org. Habesha. Habesha stands for helping Africa by establishing schools at home and abroad. Habesha Incorporated.org. Brothers and sisters, they, they have great programs here. In the Atlanta area, the Habesha Works Program. Black to Our Roots, Sustainable Seeds, Urban Green Jobs, and Golden Growers. But they also have the Kashi Project in Ghana. Uh, it, 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 is, it was unveiled this past October, the Kashi Project in Ghana. Go to HabeshaIncorporated.org and you can check it out. The Ledge Group, Land for the Environmental Development for Group Economics. The Ledge Group. They deal in the four areas of human existence, food, water, clothing, and shelter. The Ledge Group, they have 12 projects in six different countries, over 170 employed and over 260 uh, members. Brothers and sisters become the member of the Ledge Group. Ledge, Ledge, Land for the Environmental Development for Group Economics. Abibiyatumi. Abibiyatumi, A-B-I-B-I-T-U-M-I, Abibiyatumi.com, the community in Kemet, well, in uh, Ghana. They're having a uh, conference July 7th through July 9th in Ghana, the uh, Black Power Conference. So you got to check it out. Go to Abibiyatumi.com, Abibiyatumi.com. Smile Pharmacy, S-M-A-I-F-A-R-M-A-C-Y. Smile Pharmacy, brothers and sisters, contact Brother Jabril. Contact Brother Jabril and uh, and check this out. If you are serious about um, being more healthy, health conscious and so forth, contact Brother Jabril at 770-765-7751. That's seven seven zero seven six five seven seven five one, and um, Brother Jabril will help you with a plan to put you on your way to optimum health. Get rid of those prescription drugs, those killing drugs, and be more holistic. If you want to contact him by email, go to smipharmacy at gmail dot com. S M A I F A R M A C Y at gmail dot com. The Jackson Water Rescue, the MosesWestFoundation.org. Brothers and sisters, go to the MosesWestFoundation.org. Check out for yourself what this brother has done. Brothers and sisters, there is water. I know you probably heard about the uh, Colorado River. Uh, it, it is so low. It's, they feel that, you know, because the Colorado River, the Colorado River and the Hoover Dam provide water for most. I think mostly all those states of Arizona, New Mexico, Nevada, Colorado, and of course California, and the waters are very low. But it is about access to water. There's water. They may not have 
access to water, but there's water all around us. Brother Moses West has created the atmospheric water generating machine. Uh, it takes moisture out of the air. It goes through a filterization process. I even mentioned when he was on the program, I said if it was in Ohio, remember they had the train derailment in Ohio, or maybe even that fire they had, what was that big ass fire? <laughs> but he said, what it'll do, the same thing. It'll suck the moisture out of the air and it only filters the HT, H2O molecule. It will not deal with all that other stuff. Kicks that to the curb and that goes through that filterization process. Outcomes, outcomes, clean drinking water, usable water, water for aquaponics and so forth. Brothers and sisters, go to the Moses West Foundation.org and make your donations. Check it out and see for yourself. Well, Dada's Healthy Market and Juice Bar, located here in the West End, here in Atlanta, on Ralph David Abernathy, cross street from uh, cross street from Soul Vegetarian, up the street from the Shrine of the Black Madonna. With Dada's Health, has a fine selection of fruit drinks, smoothies, health health foods, and so forth, and all kinds of good stuff. Though, with Dada's Healthy Market and Juice Bar, give them a call at 404-444-1635. 1635 404-444-1635. The Medu Bookstore in the Greenbrier Mall, Mama Nia. This place is great, I tell you, I love it. The Medu Bookstore in the Greenbrier Mall. And um, give her a call. She has a fine selection of books, postcards, greeting cards, t shirts, figurines, and all gift certificates. Give her a call at 404 346 3263. 404 346 3263. The Black Dot Cultural Center and Bookstore this weekend is it's gonna be jumping. Brother Gazemdir Jamhua over there in Lithonia, east of Atlanta, taking I-20 going east, exit number 74, make a left, about a mile down the road is the Black Dot Cultural Center and Bookstore and Coffee Bar. Give them a call at 770-305-6373, 770-305-6373. And then you jump back on I-20, still going east, the next exit, exit 75, you exit, and that's Turner Hill Road. You make a right on the Turner Hill Road, make another right three lights down, and on the left will be the new Black Wall Street Market. The new Black Wall Street Market. Us lifting us. Us lifting us. Last night they had their Thursday night broadcast. Every Thursday night from 9 p.m. to 10 p.m. Eastern Time on Blog Talk Radio. That's Blog Talk radio.com forward slash ULU dare to win us lifting us and the number to call is 929-477-2789 that's 929-477-2789 us lifting us the economic development cooperative for our people homeland village and cultural gift shop in Macon Georgia give my good brother brother BJ a call at 478 256-1166-478-256-1166. 256-1166-478-256-1166. He's got it going on. He's got furniture. He's got clothing. He's got a health food. Um, he's got vegan food for sale on the premises. CDs, DVDs, incense, oils, books. <laughs> yes, sir. Homeland Village and Cultural Gift Shop in Macon, Georgia. 
Sun Got Essential, your one-stop natural shop, located at 4140 Jonesboro Road in Forest Park, Georgia, inside the International Discount Mall 225, booth 225. Give my sister Shelly Amon set a call at 404-434-7963. That's 404-434-7963. Sun Got Essential, your one-stop natural shop. Sanjay Dash Haiti, Sister Gabrielle Aurelia is doing outstanding work working with our young people in the northeastern portion of the island of Haiti. Please go to our website, check it out for yourself, the educational program they have, the health program, the agricultural program, the entrepreneurial program, all to help these children because believe me, if we don't, the cover, the, the, the Haitian government doesn't or can't or not willing. They rely on brothers and sisters like me and you. Sanjay, S-O-N-J-E dash Haiti, A-Y-I-T-I dot org. Sanjay dash Haiti dot org. Akabin Institute, brothers and sisters, Baba Rudy, looks like he's got his strength back because he's going to be all over the place. He's going to be everywhere. I just saw another piece where he's going to be, and that's great. Well, he's going to be at the uh, Black Dot this weekend because this Saturday, tomorrow, the 15th, the state of the black edu- the state of black education, Brother Chiki Akua, Dr. Chiki Akua will be doing a presentation tomorrow from four to seven, four PM to seven at the Black Dot. And then on Sunday, on Sunday, the sixteenth, from two to seven, Mama Marimba speaks. Mama Marimba Ani speaks. Beyond damage control toward a world African offensive. Ma'afa in the context of Ma'at, Sankofa, and African sovereignty. She'll follow that up by a conversation with her granddaughter, Kende, and that's connecting generations. Uh, it's $10, and uh, 20 people, 2100 are free, and it's all to the good, because um, it helps Akaban Institute, which, of course, uh, that's Baba Baruti, Akaban Institute. And it also helps the um, next month, the, the Abakasin Sumsum of African Spiritual Warfare. That's going to be happening for two days because they, they're doing it on the land that the sister has. They used to do it at the Sweetwater Park. So that's going to be very good and very interesting. I'll give you that information, but check it out this weekend at the Black Dot Cultural Center and Bookstore in, and Coffee Bar in Lithonia. And uh, you have on tomorrow from 4 to 7, Dr. Chiki Akua, the state of black education. And then on Sunday, you have Mama Marimba, beyond damage control toward a world African offensive. <sighs> and of course, Baba Baruti, to support him, you can go to, you can go to PayPal. And uh, you can make a donation, uh, you know, however you like to do it one time, monthly, whatever. PayPal is Yah, Y-A-A, Baruti at Yahoo. On Cash App, it's dollar sign, Yah, Y-A-A, the letter M, and then Baruti, B-A-R-U-T-I. Also, too, if you want to check out the books of Baba Baruti, go to AkabinHouse.com, AkabinHouse.com find selection of books 
All right. My guest today is going to be Brother Muhammad Abdullah. I'm going to get ready for him. First, we're going to read the Inyas, the Sim of Daily Revolutionary Thought. And then we'll get to my guest, my good friend, my dear brother, Brother Muhammad Abdullah. All right. The Inyas, the Sim of Daily Revolutionary Thought. April 13th. You must not feel guilty for what has been done to us. Only the strong go crazy. The weak just go along. Asada Shakur. Warriors wasted an enormous amount of time and energy blaming themselves for what they were, were before coming into consciousness. We must move beyond self-blame for the condition of our people. We must forgive ourselves for having acted in ignorance for any former complicity with our people's enemy. We must understand that acting under the influence of European culture was beyond our Afrasian in that our reason then was not African. Who we were was a condition of temporary insanity when we did not know who we were and therefore we cannot be blamed for what we did. That is, unless in our consciousness, we did not work to correct the damage and do all in our power to prevent those aspiring to consciousness from continuing to walk along a similar, walk along a similar destructive path. We must find ways to forgive ourselves for what we did when we were not ourselves. Ashe, affirm, as an African of conscience, I am much more than I ever was. As an African of conscience, I am much more than I ever was. April 14th. To be black and beautiful means nothing in this world unless we are black and powerful. Nana, Dr. John Henry Clark. When true beauty has been falsified and abnormalities, abnormalities have been defined as beautiful and the natural focus of human desire. True beauty loses value, except to those who see ugliness and horror as attractive. Our beauty is obvious. The problem is one of power, for in this reality, power defines worth. In a world of polarized opposites where beauty has come to be relative and superficial, a people's power determines whether the, the way they look naturally, the way they naturally look, Will be defined as beautiful. In the Caucasians, the white man, the Urugu's world, beauty is not colorless. It is an absence of color. It is not curved or full or kinky. It is straight and drawn in lines without depth. Given the power to define beauty and erase the ingrained propaganda that distorts ugliness into beauty, we all can see our beauty. If we are to, uh, again, be a beautiful people, we naturally are. Not just an ugly one artificially made attractive by imitating the unreal. Then we must cultivate the power within ourselves to redefine ourselves in this world as we have always been. Black, beautiful, and powerful. I say, affirm, I am black, beauty, beautiful and powerful. I am black, beautiful 
and powerful. April 15th. We are soldiers in love with forming beautiful families, rearing happy, thinking children, building strong, lasting communities, raising a mighty nation, and removing all enemies. For African warrior scholars, compliments, there is no other reason for being. My good brother, Mu, Bamani, Baruti, Baba Baruti. I say. Okay. There is a reason why the family institution was first and is still the most fundamental. Hey, my brother, Brother Muhammad. Let me finish up here. I'm going to be right with you. Yes, sir. All right. All right. I guess. There is a reason why the family institution was first and is still the most fundamental African institution Europeans work to destroy. It is a source of our heritage. It is a transmitter and a, com- and a command post within which survival strategies are formulated and duties are meted out. Without it, people don't know who they are or what to do. Therefore, it only makes sense that to rebuild our nation, our families must first be rebuilt. And doing this requires bringing complementarity individuals together and stabilizing and strengthening existing family relationships. I say. Affirm, I love, respect, and empower my compliment. Affirm, I love, respect, and empower my compliment. Recognizing that in order for us to move in the direction that we must move, we need each other. We need family. I say. Brothers and sisters, my guest today will be Brother Muhammad Abdullah out of Milwaukee, my good friend, known for many, many years. Assalamu alaikum. Wait, salam, Ophir. All right. Can you hear me okay? Hear you great, brother. Hear you good. Yes, sir. So, Ophir, you were, you were just talking about family. And um, do you know who Ram Das is? You ever heard of Ram Das? No. Mm-mm, I haven't. So, I, I, I spent some time of visiting family in Virginia, and when I came back after the experience, this message was sent to my email uh, that was a quote by Ram Dodd. And he said, if you think you're enlightened, spend a week with your family. And so I said, wow, <laughs> okay. that's a powerful statement. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because we all... Regardless to our, you know, uh, uh, well, our, oh, we have a common origin. We have a common origin in Africa. Mm-hmm. We have, a, as, as, uh, as, as slaves, we were brought here uh, or, or to be enslaved for life. No, no end, not, not, mm-hmm. not slavery that was practiced in other places where somebody come in and say, oh, if I give you $500, would you let him go? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, uh, we could. We could. Our, our slavery was inescapable. Mm-hmm. We 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 are the only people who have a history 
and a legacy of being in a country that declared all men are equal, but it didn't include us. Right. Yeah. That, we that, we're the only people that, that have that legacy. Right. We won't consider you. And, and one of the things, Oshi, you know, that both of us, well, I don't, I'm not, don't let me, let me speak for myself, Oshi, because, you know, getting to know you over the years, you know, you, you informed me that your mother was born in Milwaukee. Right. 1926. She came in that first wave of migration out of the South. At the turn of the last see, century. See, I, I, oh, see, I, if you would have asked me, with all that I think I know, and I know what I don't know, I thought like the first waves happened like in the late forties, fifties. Well, no. your case, your 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 uh, maternal uh, ancestors post slavery came to North, and man, before my mother was born in. Tennessee in 1935. Yeah, yeah. But but one of the common features of my family that I know from when, from when we came up north, and, and this some of it is understandable, but there was very little talk about what had gone on before. Like mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. that was then. Yeah. This is now. Right. You want to forget and, that. And, you try to be best to forget that past. That ugly yeah, past. And, and, Mm-hmm. Oh, she! My mother's father was an Irish Caucasian man who uh, whose land we lived on. That my great grandfather and my grandmother and uh, two sisters sharecropped on post slavery. And once once we had to leave Tennessee, where we had been for most of the eighteen hundreds. Uh, when my mother was four years old in 1940, my uh, grandmother's younger brother, who was the only boy, it was three daughters and a boy, killed a Caucasian man because he called him the N-word. And well, he only had to, he, since he, I've been... He had to leave. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, he had to leave. He, he, he left and went to uh, St. Louis and stayed with a female cousin whose boyfriend became jealous of him. You know, I guess kids and cousins was in vogue or something that this guy thought, here this man is running from having killed a Caucasian man in Tennessee in 1940. Mm-hmm. And the first thing I can think of is he's some competition to me and my woman, yeah. his cousin. So, but he ended up, I was told, turning him in. But the terror that my Grandfather, great grandfather, my grandmother, her two sisters, five children, three of them by, four of them by uh, these Caucasian man, men whose land they lived on, had to in the middle of the night packed into a pickup truck and leave uh, Savannah, Hardin County, Tennessee, uh, after being terrorized because they're looking for my uncle. And so they would come, you know, at all hours of the day and night looking for him. Where is he at? You know, probably the FBI was looking for him back then. And so uh, when once they came to Carruthersville, Missouri, where my mother grew up, went to school, one-room schoolhouse, kindergarten, eighth grade, one teacher, and then we came up north. Nobody at the time didn't talk about that. Okay. We didn't even right. know about Africa. We, didn't, we had no idea. 
Only only vision of Africa we had was on Tarzan and mm-hmm. Jungle Jim or some, you know, the right. Three Stooges or, you know, chasing some people with turbans on or, or, or you know, what supposed, supposedly is, you know, a jungle dress yeah. and uh, making them look like fools. Yeah, putting you know, them in. everything yep. was designed. Putting, putting, putting ahead, some cracker into a, a, a bottle, a, a big, big pot of boiling water to eat them, you know. That image yeah, Hollywood, Hollywood and cartoons yeah. gave us an image of ourselves and so our, our, our ancestors in Africa that we didn't want to embrace. We didn't want to be sure. call it to call it probably the two worst things. You felt embarrassed. Call somebody when we were growing up as a black or African. Mm-hmm. You could get a fight. You could cut. You could call play the dozens and talk about somebody's mother to the. Yeah. But, yeah, you call somebody black. Call and that's somebody interesting black. on that because it was just a few years later in the mid-60s that we started to be, feel comfortable about calling ourselves black. But prior to that, in the 50s, 40s, and early early 60s, you know, we didn't want to be called black, you know. And, and definitely... that, was the, that was just a small percentage, Oshie. Because mm-hmm. recall, when I, when I joined the Nation of Islam under Elijah Muhammad, in, in uh, February 1971, the majority of our people weren't, weren't too keen towards calling themselves or self-identifying as black. It began as a kind of a trickle. And of course, you know, it was put in song, James Brown, mm-hmm. I'm black and I'm proud. People started dressing and, and, and appearing, in, in, you know, in uh, images and clothing that reflected something different than what we had grown up with. But mm-hmm. that particular history, so one of the things, Oshi, I, you know, the reason why I called you about this particular subject was I was watching, and I really wasn't, had the sound turned down. Uh, I was doing something for work, but I, look, I was looking at Joe Biden, and I had heard that he had gone to Ireland. And uh, yeah, he's back from to Ireland. Home. He's from Ireland. He Maybe. went back to his actual uh, uh, city that that he or town or village or hamlet, whatever it was that he grew up in. So yeah, I'm, I'm and back his home. Family. He knows his he knows his lineage mm-hmm. uh, uh, in Ireland and and them coming. He had several names. He ran off, you know, from both sides of his family, and he 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 had been there the last time he had been there previously was as vice president and he stole that you know barack went to kenya and as vice president i came to ireland and now i'm back and he went on and on but he was he dropped a few things that jumped out at me and and one he as i mentioned to you earlier when we talked he talked about the fact that showing this connection this this connection, this ethnic ancestral connection between Ireland and the Irish people that immigrated to the United States. Uh, in, in some cases, and you 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 know this better than I do because from our discussion earlier, you know there there was this break between the among the Irish people between the Protestants and the Catholics. Right, and um, and so. He was. He talked about that. He mentioned John F. Kennedy being the first Irish Catholic president, and so so forth. And then he mentioned that a hundred and fifty thousand Irish men 
in the United States joined the Union Army and fought on the side of the North during the Civil War. And the first thing that jumped out at me is, and I, I, I tend to do this, when I was studying the history of Mormonism and Joseph Smith, who he claimed he saw Jesus and God, two white men, uh, hovering in the air in 1838, I thought, so he spoke to God in 1838, and the subject of slavery never came up? <laughs> he ended up adopting a theology that prohibits inter interracial marriage between people mm -hmm. of African descent or any color and right. Caucasian people. That's baked into Mormon theology. Yeah. How did he not say, wait, 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 before y'all go, what are we going to do with these four million? I think it was about four million of us slaves then in the 1800s. What are we going to do with all these, these four million slaves we got here? Mm -hmm. We treat like cattle and sheep and goats and pigs. Didn't subject didn't come up. So when Joe Biden mentioned this, I thought, well, if these individuals could join the army and fought on the side of the North, no doubt some of them people owned slaves. Right. And the people that my great, 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 great grandparents from the time of the around 1800 through the the 19th century into after slavery and into the 20th century, these people still held a lot. I, I told you I had a discussion with my grandson, one of my younger grandsons was 14, and I was asking, "What do you do? You know anything about the Civil War? Do you know?" First, I asked him, who, "Do you know who the President of the United States is?" He knew who Joe Biden and Kamala Harris were, mm -hmm. and this came up partly because. They had we had a driver's ed training at where I worked at New Concepts, and the pastor who was doing it and my and the executive director of New Concepts where I worked, they were taken aback that there were some young African American women in the class who didn't know that the mayor of Milwaukee was African American mm. or that his name Cavalier Johnson. Mm. And what I was trying to say to her is, listen, have you you evidently haven't talked to any young african-american people lately because uh, no they are they many of them don't vote don't see any importance in voting right and no they don't necessarily know who the mayor is and and and, and if you think that's something i came to milwaukee in 20 in, in 2020 at the height of COVID and picked up one of my nephews who told me he said black people are immune we can't catch COVID." <laughs> So wow. wow! So so if you you, you know that shows me how much you don't know. You yeah. you the executive director over this African American uh, started and pretty much ran agency, and you're surprised at the the lack of political awareness on the part of our young people, and that they and you didn't know that they didn't know that COVID, that we that, that we weren't immune to COVID. Okay, you got some natural antibodies can fight off COVID cool in the game, but you better make sure. Yeah. <laughs> Otherwise, well, that, I know that, at least 15 yeah. people that are not here anymore because That's of right. COVID. So That's right. It, it, touched, it touched a lot of lives. But the other thing, Oshie, as I was, uh, one, was, was thinking in terms of is the fact that Joe Biden said that he went someplace uh, here in the United States, in, in, I think in Colorado, he said. 
and they went to this re this this old train station that they re they built built it up, and they but they left a sign that said, "No Irish people allowed." And I I, re, I remembered that I saw a Bruce Lee movie once where it, he passed a sign that said, "No dogs, no Irish people, no Chinese, no no." Uh, I don't even think it mentioned us, mm-hmm. but. Here you here you are extolling that, but these same Irish people were slave owners. Yes, and and this is not talked about. And because the Catholic Church, because most of the Irish, but except for those in Northern Ireland, which the, uh, England took, you know, and 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 caused the big rift there, were are, are Catholic, and the Catholic Church was a big enslaver of our people, you know. Oh man, yeah. Yeah, the Catholicism, and so, so when they came here, that just continued. In fact, I was as I was mentioning earlier that in the movie, not the movie, but the series Roots, the 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 main slave driver played by Vic Morrow was Irish. In fact, hmm. many of our people have Irish names because we are like Shaquille O'Neal, you know, because we were. You know, colonized and, and, and no, no see, slave. I never thought about that. Yeah, I never thought of his name. Yeah, uh, O'Neill. Uh, I don't know where the Shaquille Park comes from. Well, the Shaquille Park probably comes from his family earlier, and they put a few, just like all a lot of names that you, we we have today, especially sister names and even some young men names. You know, Jaquan, Daquan, da da da. You know, Shakita. You know, we just created some. American African sounding names. They're not African names, but they're American because, sounding. Because Ocean isn't isn't Shaquille O'Neal's father or stepfather Muslim or member of the Nation of Islam? That I don't know. I thought yeah. I heard I heard him mention that. Yeah. But but the the, the other thing is Ochi, I mentioned to you about this book that I read in Madison when I was living there when I first, around the first when I first moved there say around 2005, 2006, I was walking down the street and they're more prominent now, but I saw one of these, this was actually outside of a coffee shop. There was this birdhouse looking uh, thing that was on a pole and it was called, uh, it's like a a free library. Okay. Somebody started. Right, right. They're they're all over now where people will put books books in there. Sure, they put yeah. they put books in there, and you can come along. You open it up, look at it. You can take the book. Yeah. yeah. And so I picked up this book, and I don't know why I was drawn to it. Uh, it could have been I don't know, but but the title of the book, and there's also a movie that's uh, that's out by the same name, The Professor and the Madman. And it's, and the book is about this professor who was commissioned to create the first Oxford English Dictionary. Now, saying that in in this time, 2023, 2023, when uh, dictionaries is something, you know, we used to be, we became accustomed to at some point in time where they were everywhere. Now you rarely see dictionaries because everybody got a phone in their hand. Right. And Google and Wikipedia. So, so, so you don't see dictionaries now, but there was a point in time where before they became 
uh, ubiquitous uh, everywhere. D- dictionaries weren't so that's why they commissioned this guy, and it was it was an effort to preserve the English language, which was a new language, a made up language, right? With a hodgepodge of different German, Italian words. Uh, uh, it's a bastardized language. Words. That's what yes, it is. It's a, it's a bastardized language. language. Mm-hmm. That's but, why. But that's why wanted... to me. That's why to me. If if, if there's some ebonics thrown in that mix, it's perfectly cool to 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 say it way you want to say it because that's what it is. There's no perfect English, even though there's Caucasians who will say speak English, you know, and stuff like that. But just speak English the way you want it, you know. Right, yeah. and, and and pretty much it, 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 uh, Ebonics is, is, a, is, Legit. A, is a default on our part of attempting to speak a language that we were locked out of. Yeah. You know, we, I mean, if you want us to speak a language, then I, I, I didn't learn, I think I've mentioned this before, Oshi, that when, when we both were affiliated with the oldest civil rights organization in the world, the NAACP mm-hmm. back in the 80s, early 80s, I never knew why my mother only went to the eighth grade until I sat down with Mrs. Halyard, Artie Halyard, um, who, who, who uh, Artie Halyard and Wilbur Harris Halyard were a couple who, who lived in Atlanta, uh, went to the eighth grade. There was no high school for them to go to. So they ended up going to what is now Atlanta University. Mm-hmm. Clark and Atlanta. took high school courses, mm-hmm. finished high school, and then went to Wilbur, I mean, uh, Morehouse and Spelman, respectively. Mm-hmm. When they graduated in 1921, they moved to Beloit, Wisconsin, to start an NAACP chapter. Two years later, in 1923, they moved to Milwaukee and established, they became uh, uh, property owners. So a lot of the African Americans that came north, we we did we rent rented from the Halyards, and then they started Columbia Savings and Loan, yeah, which still, is a African American institution yeah, that is still there today. That, that is still there today, not the original building. The building no. is there, right. but they built you know a, a new building, building on yep. uh, North, North Avenue between Twentieth and Fond du Lac. Mm-hmm. But it was Mrs. Halyard who explained to me why my mother never went past the eighth grade, that there were no high schools. Whenever they got around to, to, to creating schools for us to go to, they were one room, one teacher. I, my mother told me this. She did re- relate this to me when I was growing up, that she went to a one-room schoolhouse with one teacher in, in uh, Carruthersville, Missouri. Uh, the teacher's name was uh, Miss Gibbons. And... Uh, and she was the teacher for all the kids from kindergarten to eighth grade. And so, uh, but Mrs. Howard explained to me, and, and, and looking back, I didn't realize until she explained to me that most of where we lived in the South before we moved up north, the Great Migration, from the early 20s in your mother's case, uh, 40s, 50s in you know, my, my family's case, they, they, we lived in mostly rural areas, and so it wasn't like next, you know, next door neighbors like we experienced when we moved to the city. And so she, you know, having explaining that to me gave me a, a look backwards, like, wow, 
that's unbelievable because my mother only went to the eighth grade, but she was kind of a historian. She collected articles, Ebony Magazine, Jet Magazine. Those were prominent in our living room. And she collected those and cut out articles. She, I, I have the article. You remember the incident where a woman died in Memphis, Tennessee, after she threw some hot grits on Al oh, Green? Al Green, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Al Green's Green, yeah. Because of my mother, I have that article out of Jet <laughs> okay. Magazine. Okay. <laughs> so, so she, but nevertheless, I, it made me think, man, what, what would my mother's life have been, and, and I probably wouldn't be here, if at 13, instead of being in school, she's in a field picking cotton with my father, who was 40, just coming up from Mississippi, and looking at this young, you know, biracial girl, mm-hmm. which we never thought of that. We at, at no time when I was growing up, and we knew my mother's father was Caucasian, mm-hmm. but at no time did I ever see identify her as biracial or half this or half that. She was my mother. Mm-hmm. She was, we were hers and she was us. That's, right. that's that's how you thought of your parents that's right. back then. But I was telling someone recently, Oshi, that my mother was probably the complexion of Lena Horn. Mm-hmm. Yes. But I remember, Oshi, my mother putting, do you remember the stuff that it came in a tube and it was called Artra? Mm-hmm. It was a cream that mm-hmm. you, it was a bleaching, bleaching cream. Bleaching cream, bleaching cream. Yep. Yeah. So here's my mother. Right, trying to get lighter. I, <laughs> I mean, as a kid, <laughs> you didn't yeah. know where to put that. But now, when you think of the absurdity of it, mm-hmm. that here's my mother, the, you know, the color that she was, that wasn't enough. She wanted to get even lighter. Yeah. And, which and, shows you that it has to be a disease. Well, in fact, it, it is. It is a mental disorder that our people still are, are afflicted with globally, globally. And yeah. not just our people, but other areas of the world who have melanated people because there are more melanated people. If you look at uh, uh, if you look at Southeast Asia, there's a lot of melanated people, but you don't see them in their advertisements. No. You don't see them in their commercials. You don't see them at all. Because the the the, the, the Dravidians, oh yes, in India, the Dravidians, yes. the, the the Dravidians in the area of yeah. around India, Pakistan, Pakistan and yes. Afghanistan, mm-hmm. the Dravidians, the Dravidians are African people, and I, it's one I, I I I don't I criticize him as much as I give him credit. Warzdin Muhammad educated us with that after his father died. Right, attempted to end the. The you know black man God white man devil that whole myth mythological thing that he 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 wrote this article which you and I became very fond of yeah the, well, the title is, root yeah of Aryan, Aryan white, white racism, racism and, and diabolical, diabolical consciousness, consciousness. <laughs> that's a deep man, title that, that's Damn. a mouth that's a profound mouthful because yes, it is. very rarely is racism looked at from that perspective mm-hmm. of the origin actually being in a place we, we tend to associate it with our coming, our ancestors coming in contact with Europeans mm-hmm. in Africa, but it, it, it occurred in other places even before then. Yeah. In Asia, these Africans who were there, wherever these 
Asian and Persian people came to came to that area, or I don't know the continents separate. I don't know, but they they the ones who are more lighter skinned began to oppress the particularly mm-hmm. the Dravidians right. in the lower Indus Valley yeah. where it was much hotter. And what I got they, from that, they had, they, what I got they were from more that, melanated. when they came down from the Caucasus Mountains from that from that northern western region into India. And, and and they wanted to find out what did the people believe? What was their belief yeah. system? And they manipulated that. See? Yeah. They manipulated it and it wound up, of course, uh, mentally and physically enslaving them, particularly mentally, because it, it was so deep that, you know, some of the people had to uh, 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 try to brush their shadow away. What kind of, sh- you know, that they couldn't walk on well, the same it, street, it, man. It was just so what ridiculous. Is, what is W.E.B. the book? Boys describe our psychological state mm-hmm. as a, a double consciousness. consciousness. Yeah. Indian people, and and I, I've had some personal dealings with Indian people in Milwaukee and around the country in, in Muslim communities as the immigrant Muslim community grew, but particularly the Indians. And the Indians have a triple consciousness because they have that Aryan Dravidian experience, but then subsequently being colonized by the British, mm-hmm. they come away with an arrogance. When you come in contact with anybody who has been colonized by the British, yeah. they they tend to look down amongst their own people and other people. Mm-hmm. And so I came in contact with Indians, and it took me a minute to figure out where is this cat coming from. He, he's from India, he's Muslim, and, and we're preaching that we are one family. We're, Brother Muhammad said we're like the teeth of a comb regardless of where you come from. But this cat, uh, this cat is treating me in a way that is not uh, commensurate with what yeah. we are espousing, mm-hmm. clearly. I, I, I hope that came out yeah. less, more eloquent than I was able to say in it, but clearly I experienced some discrimination, some, some mm-hmm. superiority or a tip to it until, until it all, at times almost got physical. Like, what, who do you think you're talking to? Mm. And then mm. you take a step back like this. Here's a cat <laughs> that comes from India where he's experienced a yeah. caste system and being colonized by the British. Yeah. That's a double dose there that yeah. is uh, too much to, that's to why, deal with somebody. That's why there's so many Indians that are so self-hating because they're just... Je- they're angry at the color of their skin when they were born. Yeah. Because you do not see that in the, uh, what do they call their films? Bollywood? Yeah, Bollywood. You yeah, know, you, you yeah. Know, you know, they're always relegated to a, a deep subservient position. Listen, I'm going to take a break. We got a lot of callers. Brothers and sisters, thank you for calling in. You just hold tight. When we come back from this break, uh, you have your chance to... Uh, Boy, sure, give your African perspectives. We're talking today with Brother Muhammad Abdullah out of Milwaukee, my best friend, one of good friends. And so uh, let's continue this conversation. Brothers and sisters, you're listening to African Perspectives here on the Motherland Media Network, on timeforanawakening.com, and blacktalkradionetwork.com. We'll be right back. You stay with us. You are listening to African Perspectives with host Brother Oshi on Time for an Awakening Media here part of the Black Talk Radio Network. For podcasting or live program scheduling, hit them up 
at timeforanawakening at gmail.com.
You are listening to Time for an Awakening Media, part of the Black Talk Radio Network. For podcasts or live programming, hit them up at timeforanawakening.com. Welcome back, brothers and sisters. Once again, you're listening to African Perspectives here on the Motherland Media Network on timeforanawakening.com and blacktalkradionetwork.com. We're talking today with Brother Muhammad Abdullah of Milwaukee. have many people in the queue already, so just hit star twice if you want to join this conversation. He had something to add or just want to uh, give your perspective on what we've been talking about or something that you want to talk about. So hit star twice or dial 215-490-9832-215-490-9832. Yeah. So... Getting back to the conversation, brother. Oh, we got we have a, a caller. Got four four three four four three. Good afternoon, Baba Oji. How are you? Hey, I'm doing fine. Irv, how you doing, dear brother? I'm doing good. Your guest is phenomenal. How are you, my brother? I'm fine, thank you, brother. Nice to hear your voice. Got it, brother. I'm busy. I'm enjoying listening to you speak. Uh, very knowledgeable. You brothers were talking about English, and when you started talking about the language and about Shaquille O'Neal's name and all these uh, slave owner names that we have, I, I, the first thing that popped in my head is we speak English here, and we have never been to England. And that's part of white supremacy, that the whole change your name, uh, the go with the images that you see, because I just traveled to, to Senegal, and, and they speak um, in, in Gambia. In Gambia, uh, they speak English. In Senegal, they speak French. I'm in Africa. When y'all gonna speak African? You know. Brother, let me ask you a question. Do you recall? I don't. I, I'm I'm 73. Oshie and I are close right. in age, but I can recall when I first encountered brothers and sisters who came from Africa. Most of them spoke five or more languages. Yes. Now, yes. now they pretty much relegate themselves. So that, to whoever their colonizer was. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's right. Mm-hmm. You're absolutely correct. That's what I got when I got there, and I was I was just amazed at that. And it, it, it made it appear that they were so smart to me that they spoke so many languages. But then I, I looked at all the other things around them that were keeping them colonized. And when you and when you spoke about Biden going to Ireland, he's just going to see his tribe. He's going to speak to his brethren and let them know that I'm I'm the king now. I'm the I came as a vice president. Now I'm the president. And when you look at this, at, I have a book about lynchings. I know I'm going all over the place, but I have a book about lynchings and all those people that were mostly the people that were lynching black people in the last century. Uh, even up to the 1930s and 40s that were lynching black people were Irish people. The Irish Absolutely. people were the ones, yes, they were the ones that Absolutely. were lynching black people. I mean, grabbing Friday Night Entertainment, well, let's just go grab a black person and lynch him and take pictures and and, 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 and damn near sell tickets. I'm like, are brother, you serious? <laughs> brother, my daughter, one of my daughters went to school. Went to school. I lived in Madison, Wisconsin, which is about, I'm in Milwaukee now. I moved back to Milwaukee a couple of years ago. But I, I lived right. in Madison, Wisconsin for about 15 years. And one, where my, one of my daughters, the youngest one, went to school in, uh, a, a, I didn't live in Sherwood Hills. I lived across the street. So she was able to go to school in Sherwood Hills in the, 
crossing guard was a lady that had a very heavy British type accident. Accent, I'm sorry. So over over time, she and I would talk, and she told me that they referred to the Irish people as the N words of 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 England. And wow. so what they basically did was they had these these people are very good at handing off things. You know, they deal with it for so now I've now I've risen to, uh, uh, generations to his past. I'm going to pass this off to some other people and let them do our dirty work for us. So the Irish people originally, before the civil rights movement, they weren't considered white people. They only became white people along with Japanese, Arabs, Asians, and other people to enlarge their numbers. So when we, the more rights we gain, the greater they enlarge, they enlarge their fold. So yeah, they handed off the rough handling and the lowest the lowest totem pole of them are in Mississippi and Alabama. I learned that from reading Richard Wright's autobiography, Black Boy, uh, and the new one that they came out with uh, that, that they've only recently published. But, yeah, the, the mentality of those uh, Irish people in the South, my, I, my, this is what something I went through yesterday mentally, and then I called my grandson who was about 14 and, and, and spoke to this, but I took some time to, to take in what it was for my great grandfather who had three daughters and a son and the land that they lived on around in the late 1930s, <clears throat> the men who owned that land impregnated three of his daughters. Damn, what could, what could he do about that? What did he do? My my grandson asked me, he said, did he know they were pregnant? I said, you know, I've never really thought, but I took a minute and thought about what it must, how powerless must he have felt mm -hmm. that he is living on land that basically became a sharecropper, which was a, a different form of slavery after slavery, we suppose that ended. And here these men that own the land he's living on, he's, he's a widower, 50-something years old, uh, going into his 60s, and he is powerless to protect it. And I said this at my mother's funeral, because as I mentioned earlier to Oshi, my father was 40 years old from Mississippi, and my mother was 13 when he got her pregnant. And when I said that my mother had no protector, she was an orphan, and I believe God's hand was over her most of her life from some of the stuff that she had experienced, nobody mm -hmm. kind of read what I was trying to say was, man, can you imagine, here's her grandfather's there. He can't protect his daughter from these white men. And now this 40-year-old man has impregnated his 13-year-old granddaughter. He's 61. What can he do? Just, 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 just <clears throat> something went over me just to, 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 to just consider that for a while. And then <laughs> back to Joe Biden. <clears throat> when I, oh, she, in this book, The Professor and the Madman, what what became disclosed to me is what drove, one of the things that besides the carnage that drove this surgeon the madman mad was that when the when they allowed the the African American or the African soldiers uh, African soldiers we we weren't Americans at that point African soldiers to be able to fight which turned the tide of the war the Irish soldiers started deserting. 
And so they, they have a drawing of the man leaning up against the tree with his hand, head, forehead on his arm, and they're dragging off this man with his butt, buttocks bare with this deep. The doctor had to brand a D for deserter on their butt cheek because they deserted because they let African-Americans fight the, fight the war. And if it would have been for us, we probably, everybody would be Confederate now. Mm-hmm. That's true. We did. We turned the tide of the war. You Absolutely. Know. Yeah. And, and, and that's the deeper part of it. And it's yet and still, like today, you know, Irish people here in this country, I, I can't speak to uh, England and or the United Kingdom, which is England and Ireland and Wales and Scotland, with Northern Ireland, not Ireland, because the, the rest of Ireland is uh, Catholic. Northern Ireland is Protestant, and of course they had that. In fact, that's what it, that's wasn't wasn't he there for that anniversary of the the 25th anniversary of the uh, the, right, the, the, fri- the Good, Good Friday. Friday Accord. The Good Friday Accord. Good Friday Accord, mm-hmm. which was a, more or less of sort of a ending ending the the the, uh, the fighting between the IRA Irish Republican Army right. and the and, and the British right uh, and the Protestants the mm-hmm. yeah 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 and I and I, I mentioned the OSHA yesterday uh, to our listeners that I, I worked in mental health in Madison. And I had a young man from Ireland who was one of my one of my clients. He used to sit in on a group, and he suffered from anxiety. And I, I always think thought anxiety was something that everybody gets when you get frustrated or things become overwhelming. But no, it is a debilitating clinical uh, 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 definition that 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 people just shut down. They don't. My my supervisor and this young man from Ireland who married a young lady from Madison and moved to Madison from Ireland uh, had suffered from this after he moved to Madison. He didn't go outside, and she didn't go outside for three years. He said the first time he ventured outside uh, in a taxi cab, he had to be blindfolded. Damn. Uh, so I guess he couldn't see. It would bring on yeah. the anxiety the if he saw this. I, I don't know. That's but deep. he ended up dying. And what he suffered from was that someone kicked his door in where him and his family lived and threw a Molotov cocktail in his uh. house. And everybody made it out. But his younger sister, she was burned alive. He could, they could hear her screaming. They couldn't get in. No fire department came. And so that trauma did that to him. Mm-hmm. Imagine the trauma that our, like my my mother's family after, before no doubt, but definitely once my uncle killed this white man, just when I think back on the trauma that my mother at four years old did, because she told me the story. They were in denial about whether my uncle had actually killed this man or not. They thought he was set up, but I but my mother told me just before she passed that she, I said, "Do you remember that?" She said, "Yes." She said, one day my uncle came into the house, went in his closet and got a shotgun. And I asked him, where was he going? And she said, he said, I'm going hunting. And she said, can you bring me back a rabbit's foot? He said, I'm going hunting a two-legged rabbit. He was 17. He went and shot this white man for calling him the N-word. He ended up doing 10 years in prison in Tennessee. But my family, that broke my family's relationship with Tennessee soil 
after the, all the 1800s and early 1900s, everybody had to leave and go to Missouri. Mm. And so that trauma, I know my mother suffered that tra- from that trauma when I was growing up. Mm-hmm. I just didn't know what it was, the, right. the result of it was. And that's the deep part because that's the kind of traumatic stuff that has happened to us that we have had to overcome without any kind of clinical uh, assistance, any kind of debriefing, defusing, all these kinds of things that, 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 that are happening are available today. We're not there for us. We just have to take the shit. Yeah. You know, well, not- or, or we self-medicate. We became yeah. artists. Yeah. We became artists. You know, think of a person like Charlie Parker. Mm-hmm. from Kansas City, Missouri, coming to New York, where he was a heroin addict when he was 17. Even before he left Kansas City, he was shooting heroin. But, but just imagine the genius of this man. Yeah. But he's addicted to something that turned him into a monster. Because people love Charlie Parker. Yeah. But, man, when it Bird. came to that, that, that addiction, mm-hmm. he could be, man, he, he would I mean, they, if you just have to hear the Austin Davis and some of the people who experienced, mm-hmm. read some of what... Uh, Langston Hughes wrote about Charlie Parker, and it's a it's a very clear depiction of trauma. If, if you needed a face for trauma, you in the dictionary you could put Charlie yeah. Parker or any of our people, wow. and uh, it, it would be well yeah, suited. But a brilliant man. I mean, so many of our uh, brilliant visual artists, entertainment, yes. and so forth. Uh, brothers and sisters, there's so many of you in the queue. If you want to uh, have conversation, you got a question or comment or concern. Hit star twice. Hit star twice. We'll let you in. And or just dial 215-490-9832. 215-490-92. Let me, let me hit up to uh, this number here. 414-507-414-507. LaRue Ned. <laughs> What's up, LaRue Ned? Black Laws. Oh, <laughs> uh, man. Oh, this is a good one. This is a good show. Thank you, brother. Yeah, well, you know, anytime we got yeah. Brother Muhammad on, it's going to always be good conversation. Yeah, you been okay? Yeah, I've been all right, man. Good. I'm doing good. Right uh, on. I'm struggling. Are you, are, you still, are you still in Milwaukee, brother? Yeah. So on Wednesday nights, man, we have a men's group that meets from 530 to 7.30. I'd like to invite you and anybody you know to come. It's a, the, the, we provide food and drink and good conversation about what we uh, men of African-American men are going through, uh, past, present, and future. Here in Milwaukee? Yeah. Yeah, at the, at the Martin Luther King Center, I work for New Concepts, and the other partner agency is Fathers Making Progress, which is uh, directed by our young brother named uh, uh, Teron Edwards. But, yeah, every Wednesday we meet and have food. Uh, people like... Um, uh, Mark Wade has dropped in, uh, Mac Weddle, uh, Louis De Silva, who's recently returned to Milwaukee after living away for a long, many years. But yeah, by all, all of my, uh, all of my buddies, all of my friends. Yeah. yeah. Hey, 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 you know what? Dude was making a statement. He said, uh, "You don't know why he did." Uh, somebody, he went someplace that was doing something. He said he didn't know why he did what he did. But sometimes, man. Our ancestors kick in. We we try to say, well, it's God, but I mean, but it's God through our ancestors. And sometimes they say, well, do this, do that. And we don't know why we do things or why we went there and did that. But I think that today, man, I haven't listened. I haven't tuned into your show in a minute. But some, for some reason today, 
Right on, brother. I'm glad you did, because you're right. You haven't in months. In months, you haven't tuned in, and I appreciate that. Man, this is a beautiful show. I like it. Uh, hey, and there, there's a lot of, you, you, you cover a lot of subjects, man. I think that uh, one, one subject I wanted to uh, touch on is, like, we think that our problem is about skin color. But it's really not about skin color. It's really about spirit. And so, because uh, so, you got, you got like, black people that look like white people, but they get rejected by white people because white people recognize their spirit. So, so, anyway. so do, you, do you know who John Liguizano is, the actor? The actor, yeah. He's Latino. He, he, mm-hmm. he is doing something on MSNBC, I believe this weekend, where he is going to the big, cities where uh, uh, Hispanic and Latino people have lived and talk, and, and, and so they were interviewed him the other day and he talked about when Dizzy Gillespie uh, created, I think he, 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 made, he did an album called about the, the Latin influence mm-hmm. in jazz music and he brought Latin musicians in who had not performed with African American jazz musicians and has continued since that time but he made mention of the fact uh, of the fact of the color issue in the Latino Hispanic community where they treat individuals who have more melanin compared to the ones who have their more Spanish European roots or influence or skin color and the fact that they look down on these people so they end up getting double stigmatized similar to what we many of us experience, where individuals, you know, either past or but uh, Gerald Jones, uh, who Oshi knows, I don't know, if brother knows Gerald Jones, but he showed. Oh, no, 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 yeah, oh yeah, Larue knows, Larue knows Gerald Jones, Milwaukee Curry. Showed, showed me a picture of his grandparents who were Jewish. You couldn't tell you 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 would not even think they had any African in them at all. So you 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 can believe a lot of people crossed over that line, and um, you know some of them stayed. Oh yeah. Uh, they, they 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 found they found what they thought. But psychologically, can you imagine the weight that would have to be on you? It's almost like a fugitive who is running from the law. Even after they free for a long time, they never really purely relax. So can no, you right. imagine having to be operate out? Outside of your consciousness, outside of your DNA, like that, just so you can feel a certain level of acceptance. What could be more cruel? Yeah. Self-inflicted. Self-hating. Well, it's not self-inflicted. It's not self-inflicted. It's a foreign spirit that is in us that is doing it. Mm -hmm. It's not self-inflicted. It's that what we are experiencing is not coming from the self. It's coming from a foreign spirit that is in the self. So we should not confuse self with uh, foreign entities that are, uh, I'll call it spirit possession. So So how about this? Let me me try it this way. So all of us who are born have at the stem of our brain a little walnut shot size uh, organ, I'll call the it. The pineal gland? 
No, the amygdala. Uh, the amygdala, yes. 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 Okay. And the amygdala ties in with your, what they call your flight or fright. Right. Yeah, response. Uh, mm-hmm. it's basically, it's a, it's a defense mechanism mm-hmm. that, you, that you do. If, if you don't have the proper tactile stimulation, touch, care, nurturing growing up, your amygdala shrinks. And you tend to engage in self-destructive behavior, even if you think that it is going. So if a person made the decision based on the lack of melanin in their skin, in their heart, in their mind, in their consciousness, they know they are African descendants. Mm -hmm. But for survival reasons, to be able to escape what you're leaving behind, they cross over. So... I, I, I think it's more, hopefully this is more acceptable, that they do this as a form of, of self-defense, a, a sense of survival. Okay. Is, is that, I agree. I hope that adds something mm-hmm. you know, more acceptable to it because I don't think it's something that people really do because they want to do. When you when you confront it with something, you're either going to fight or well, you're going to run. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know, and, and sometimes... Go ahead, LaRue. Go ahead. Sometimes we give in to our enemy because we want to survive. We want to live for the next day. And that's, that's a, a natural human or, response. Or, 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 brother, we self-medicate. Mm-hmm. Right. We self-medicate to, in, to, in the, to the destructive degree. You know, I have a cousin. If, I, if you would have saw her as an infant, as a young woman, by anybody's standards, gorgeous. But because of the trauma she experienced, she was an infant on the bed when her mother, my mother's oldest sister, 28, 29 years old, died of a heart attack. And I think she died as much as from a broken heart because mm. of the man she was married to and some of the trauma she was experienced in the mm-hmm. south as a child That's, as she did that could a be. broken heart. That's right. Yeah, it, it was all of that. Mm-hmm. So... Some of the behavior of my cousin over the years that's so just almost to the point where she does not want to look as good. As, I mean, she she looks like she tries to look not look attractive mm. and to be hard and coarse mm. and and inclined towards almost I call it pig mentality. You could dress, you could take a pig and put him in your bathtub and and, and put the finest <laughs> soap and. All that on it. Yeah. As soon as you let it go, it's going straight to the mud. Yeah, it's going straight to filth. Mm. That's kind of what happens to us. Yeah, after certain levels of trauma. Brothers and sisters, and you know what? go ahead, go ahead, you know finish that point. To look at what happened to us under slavery. First, it was the, I call it the culture mind transplant. So, what they did was work. Uh, manipulate us to uh, 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 reward and punishment to get us to remove our African conscious mind and replace that with the European conscious mind. So if you uh, if you gave into the European conscious mind, you was uh, the European culture mind. You were rewarded. Uh, if you express an African conscious mind, you were punished. So in order for our people, some of us, to survive. Uh, we had to. We kind of like went along with the program, but what we what we what we really should look at is our the first intentions of the Africans that were brought here 
and the, and the Africans that the first Africans that were brought here, their intention was to get back to their African minds. Brother, let me let me ask a question because this is how it was narrated to me once. I, I remember, and may Allah forgive me for quoting Minister Farrakhan. <laughs> but I remember one time Minister Farrakhan was trying to explain the conditioning that brought us to where we became very malleable in the hands. Because originally, the first people that was captured, you know, that's like capturing a grown lion, trying to tame a grown lion. He said, no, what they did is what, what the islands, some of the Caribbean and other southern islands represented was, that's where they brought slaves from there. And so they mated those slaves or forced them to mate and they took the young children. So he said, the lion that you, or the tiger that you see on a chair jumping through fire, rings of fire in the circus, he said, that's not a lion straight out of the, the, right. the, the book. Right. No, that's he not. Said, it's they, trained. They train it's as trained. cubs to the whip, the gun, the lash. And then, and you know how Farrakhan can go on. He can get poetic and mm. all that. But you, I think you get my point that, Clearly, by the time they got us here, we were pretty, not all of us, you can't take the fight out of all dogs. Right. Right, right, right. Right. But clearly, the majority of us have been conditioned. Man, you know, this is what they call it. Right. They call it a seasoning. You can't eat or drink anything during the day. That's rough. Yeah. If you want to get a person to succumb to oppression, man, control what they eat and drink. Mm. Control what they eat. Mm-hmm. They control their education because, like Carter G. Wooden said, our education makes it necessary. Yeah, yeah. When you when you continue to berate and degrade a person, yeah. Sure and the, then, the, well, well, negate them first. First, you bleach them down to to where there's nothing there that they can recall, and and then some could because we know evidence of people that retain. Uh, some semblance of what they had before they came here. But in many cases, once you get them down to nothing, then you spoon feed them what you want them to eat and drink and be, and they'll come to that. Right. And, 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 That's, and right. Sadly, seasoning. That's what they call the seasoning we process. Look at our young people. Look at our young people today and, and to the, the level of depravity in mm-hmm. math. You remember yeah. when you used to hear something on the news and you would say, I know that wasn't an African American that did right. that. Exactly. Cut up bodies. But today it is. Yeah, but today, today it is. No, not today. Not it today. Is. It's it's out. Out. My definition of insanity is not being in the tune with reality. That's insanity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Absolutely. You can, do the, you can do the same thing over and over again, but if you keep doing it, it's like that it's like that drop of water that keeps dripping and dripping. Now you might not see the change, but over time, the water is going to wear a hole in whatever is dripping in right. over and over again. Right. So, we, got, we got another caller. 443-443, good afternoon. <clears throat> Excuse me, my brother. I just want to interject really quickly. This is Herb Lewis again. Brother, everything that you're talking about, every and everything that the caller is talking about is history. You keep referring back to your family. You keep referring back uh to what, what they've done to us in the past. And the one thing that I've learned in this country that they don't want black people to know 
is their history because wrapped up in our history is the definition of who we are. And once you okay. have knowledge of self, stay with me, brother, stay with me. When you have knowledge of self, you are powerful. That's why when I read John Henry Clark, and he's a historian, all he's talking about is history, and it, and it repeats itself. It's not, they're not, this is not a new thing that they're doing to us. They, I was in Africa, and it seemed like the people were hustling for food. And I'm saying, once you destabilize a person's food, you destabilize a person. They, you can't learn when you're hungry. You can't, when, when food is what you want and want to get food, that is your primary. I don't give a damn about history. I don't give a damn about clothes. I got to get something to eat because you have to live, and food is a staple. You can be naked and eat. But you, but so the point I'm making is everything you're saying is wrapped in history, and you are a walking history book, my brother. Because the things that you're saying are just blowing me out the water. You know, I know what I don't know too, and you are saying you are saying things, man, that's, that's profound, that are really profound. Thank you for coming on the radio, putting back on me. Thank God, thank, thank, thank you, so much. God thank you, brother. Thank you, my brother. Thank you, brother. Thank you, brother Irv. Uh, we got a number of callers. Hit star twice if you want to get on the conversation. Hit star twice. Let me get to Brother Paul. Because when Brother Paul calls in, he's calling in from the UK. Brother Paul, how you doing? Yes, uh, good morning, good afternoon. Good to you, Baba Ochi, and your guest. Uh, thank you for giving me the opportunity to speak to the most important people on the planet. It's uh, I, I'm elated to hear some of the things your your guest is saying, but it made me think of some other interesting things which I've come across in my in my journey on this planet um you know we've been indoctrinated into um what brother Irv calls i would like to call his story his story yeah and uh, he, he 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 we we refer to it as history and then um we, what we're doing today what your guest is so profoundly doing is exploring our story his story and sharing his story which Many of you obviously have got a connection to many of us a connection, but I, I'm interested in what he talks about Ireland, because I don't know if you're familiar with this character, um, Baba Ochi, or your guest is Oliver Cromwell. Are you yes. familiar with him? Yes, Oliver Cromwell. Yes, Oliver Cromwell. Yes. Yeah, he Cromwell. Formed, um, I know. I know that name because that was one of my former mother-in-law's last name was Cromwell. But I know there was a prominent figure. I just tell us what tell us what you, what you're referring to. Yeah, so so what I, what I found out about him, Oliver Cromwell, um, he he fought fourteen um, wars in this country, and uh, had the uh, king in England at the time. I think it was um, what was the king's name? I, the name escapes me, but he had that king beheaded. That king was eventually beheaded. The only king which was was assassinated, beheaded in England, was him. And that was due to Oliver Cromwell. He formed the first parliament in um, UK and the, the following parliaments we have since then is, is from that formation. But what's interesting is he also went to Ireland. And I never fully understood why he went to Ireland. And, and they had something called the Potato Wars right. where he right. conducted what the Irish refer to as a genocide. A lot of these problems you see with the IRA and the Irish and the English came from that war of Oliver Cromwell. Um, and then he shipped thousands of them to the Caribbean. Now, I learned this along the way, but then I saw an interesting video on, on YouTube where you, you had an Irishman. Remember, the Irish, the indigenous people of Ireland, they don't speak English, they speak Gaelic. And I don't know if in America you've ever heard them speak Gaelic. 
Have you ever heard them speak Gaelic? I haven't. Not okay. knowing, not knowing. Well, 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 this is what I'm saying to you. Think about it. Just think about it. They don't speak English. They speak Gaelic. But the thing is, what I question is, I don't even think, from what I'm learning now, and it's, it, it's, it's profound to me, even as I speak it, you know, something tells me that Gaelic wasn't really their language because there is a connection. Uh, the, the, the people who Oliver Cromwell shipped from Ireland, the question is, were they white? And the more you search into them, the more you look into this thing, this fact, you're going to find that these people, they shipped from Ireland, they weren't white. And this is the part of our so-called story we know nothing about, absolutely nothing about. So when somebody says, oh, the Irish were called the white, pasty-looking Irish were called the black niggers, it, that's not the real reason why they were called the niggers. Because when you look in English history, they describe them as suave-looking. And suave-looking like dark. means dark. dark okay? yes. So they were not black. And this is the point. No, they were not white. So the point I'm trying to make, which you've probably never heard before, there were a lot of black-type people of African descent in these regions, which they have totally wiped from history. Right. Those right. people who, let me just, those people who were shifted from Ireland and moved to places like Jamaica and, um, and particularly Barbados, they ended up in America. They ended up in America, but I'm sure you don't know that. I'm sure you know that a lot of them in America came from Barbados, but what you don't know, they originally came from Ireland and they were not white. And this is a whole part of their history which they do not tell you. So just look into it. Oliver Cromwell, look into the Potato Wars, right? And you go into the descriptions and you will see how they're described. And they were moved to places like Martinique, Barbados, and Jamaica. Because I always thought my people are from Jamaica, and I told you that. But we, we say when we describe, we, you, we, obviously we speak Patois, which is a form of English. But when we, we say treat, to describe the number three, we say tree. It's the same as the Irish. No, and so did Barbados. They say tree. And so did, that's how Irish pronounce. And I always wonder, what is the connection there? But that's the connection. Uh, so it's more than skin color. And remember, the race, this thing we call races, that was invented in America right there. And it was, it was, it was invented in America to protect the slave trade, to divide and conquer and to protect the slave subs. This thing is more complicated than we think. It does not just boil down to skin color. Well, brother, brother, thank you, thank you for that that history. And 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 so one of the things that I was saying earlier when I made mention of the fact that in America, up until post civil rights era, the only people in America that were classified as white were what they call wash. White Anglo-Saxon Protestant. Ah, people from people from Italy, people who were Jewish from the Caucasus or Europe, uh, uh, Irish, Italians were not considered white then. It wasn't until post-civil rights to enlarge their numbers. Very similar to the game that Paul of Tarsus, Saul of Tarsus, who became Paul, when he wanted to enlarge the psychological grip on the world. The Jewish people had the, 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 the formula, but they didn't have the numbers. So what they did, they enlarged it by creating Christianity and brought those people from Europe, many of them who were crude and savage, 
these are the people we're going to use to dominate these people on the African continent and everywhere else we go in the world. The only, the other thing I want to say, brother, is you have an experience where you are that only people here in America haven't come to light to. The, the biggest influence in America, socially and culturally, since the Beatles, is Asian Indian influence. They came to England to try to be accepted before they came to the United States. But here in the United States, the influence of the diaspora of of the in people from India, Pakistan, that whole area is so huge. They're in Africa. They're in a, they are everywhere, and their their influence is ubiquitous. Yoga, vegetarianism, these are some of the influences. Of these people. And, and it can be good some good aspect. My mother wanted to be cremated. No, and I said no, no, no. We were doing her end of life direct. No, mother, I'm not letting nobody set you on fire. We're not Hindus. No, you're not getting set on fire, mother. But that that influence, these people are very, very pervasive. And what do, how are Indian people, Indo-Pak people classified anthropologically? Caucasian. Caucasian. Yeah, straight hair. That's right. Yeah, straight hair. Same thing with Arabs. Act just like white people. Yep, same thing with Arabs. You know, I remember, Arabs, same thing. I, I remember a brother, a brother from Egypt with a big fro. He was at the ASCAC convention in Detroit whew, about 30 years ago. And he was adamant. In fact, it was in Jet Magazine because he legally challenged the United States because as far as the United States is concerned, anybody who comes from Egypt is classified as white. And anybody, probably others, who come from the so-called Middle East are classified as white. And 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 you're right that the Europeans' numbers have declined that's why they co-opted other cultures and classified them as white. And, of course, um, they made it such that everybody wants to be white. They want that designation. You know? They give them that option. A guy, a guy from Syria, uh, I was having a discussion with him during Ramadan about 10 years ago at UW-Milwaukee, and he basically showed me when I come here, I can, I can either buy, be identified for my country of origin I can be identified as white. Yeah. What do you think he chose? He white. <laughs> Shit. Yeah. He's in the land got of more white. Ca- got more cachet. That's right. And, I, and I'm not at all, O.C., I'm not brothers and sisters, I'm not at all defended, offended, offended when people from Africa or other places, uh, melanated places come here. I used to be offended that they didn't jump in our boat. But then I took I took a step back and I said, you know what? If I came here from someplace else, well, I want to jump in that boat with those people based on the, the, the conditioning they have gone through for 400 years? Probably not. I don't like it, but I'm not surprised. Yeah. You know, brother, you know, um, our, 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 our true story is a planetary one. And this is the message I, I, I always try to uh, reverberate. To anyone I speak to, our our story, our true story, is not um, bound to any continent or any landmass. It's a planetary one. There is nowhere on the planet we have not existed, and they have tried to remove that existence, and that's what gives them power. Their power is based in lies, and so mm-hmm. our story, like Brother Irv was. Uh, 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 is so powerful, and when we tell our story and we connect the dots and the whole picture becomes clear, 
that is that weapon is is, is so powerful so brother just keep up the good work keep the fire burning because trust me there's more to this than we even know we ain't even touched the surface of the calamity of our story and, and should i just say this is i say it's planetary it's also universal and we've we've not we've not got there because we've been lied to we've been indoctrinated we've been bamboozled modicoddled hoodwinked out of our condition but we're going to get there and and, and it's, even it's, if you know it's universal but it is a lot it is also liberating mm-hmm. it is Absolutely. liberating to to get to connect yourself to this history I agree. uh, Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. All right. Thank you, Brother Paul. Appreciate you. We've got some other colors. You want to jump in? Hit star twice. Hit star twice. 646-646. Good afternoon. Hey, what's happening, OCN, to your guests? Hey, Jay. I'm just just listening to um, what your brothers was um, talking about. I tuned in kind of late today. All right, Brother Jay. Appreciate you, welcome, man. Welcome. Welcome. Okay, hold on. Uh, 919-919-768. They just want to listen. Okay. I got a call from Omaha. Leona Harnett. No. Got a call from Omaha. Leona Hartnett. Okay, another one just wants to listen. All right. Mama Nabantu. <coughs> Mama Nabantu. Yes. How you doing, yes. dear? How, yeah, just, how's the how's just, the U how's the UNIA going? Oh, I went last night, um and um it was good. Um the president spoke. He's a very vibrant uh, speaker. I mean good. shouting. Mm-hmm. shouted about okay. what Marcus Garvey said we need to do. Okay. And, and talk about women being more involved. In fact, they made me come up and sit on the panel. Oh, right on. <laughs> only men on the panel. But it was good. Good. All right, Mama Nabancho. So, appreciate so share, that. Share some wisdom with us, sister. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All I know is that a lot of discussion was about how our youth uh, don't get it. I mean, they don't know our history. They don't know our culture. The youth, and yeah. The youth. Yeah. And they did some crazy stuff. And so the question was, what do we do about it? And I, I said that one of the things that's missing is rites of passage, you know. Mm. We don't have rites of passage like we used to. Our, our boys and girls don't go through rites of passage. They don't know. They don't have men raising boys to be men or Women raising girls to be yeah. women. It's society. Yeah, it's, it's a disconnect. Men. It's a disconnect. There's no doubt about it's it. But because you here in America, you're trained to be an individual. You know, at right. an early age, it's, it's you know, it's me against the world, so to speak. Is you know, is I think, therefore I am. You know, but in and, African and, society, and OG, that, and that you are free, right? Without any any realistic definition of what the cost and, and what it takes to really be free. And to some of our young people, that just, they, they interpret that as uh, I, can, I can smoke blunts and I can feel, I, I can't spell 
Africa, but I can spell Kia and Hyundai. <laughs> and I'm going to take one and drive right. through the neighborhood, crazy. terrorizing people exactly. with Exactly, crazy. And so, But clearly, clearly, to be to be more serious, definitely, and, and I, I, I have to <clears throat> give homage to uh, the late sister Annette Polly Williams, state assembly person from the 10th District of Milwaukee, when she said, Integration destroyed our people, yeah. and our community. Yeah, and it, and it clearly had. Yeah, it clearly had. Yeah, from Lackawanna to Milwaukee's, St. Louis. You know, you know it. The Everywhere idea that we could yeah. enhance ourselves by sitting right. in, instead of enriching our educational environment. Let us sit next to some people that don't want really want to be next to us anyway, and that's going to improve our condition. Let's move out to the suburbs. And leave these young people behind for generations who don't know that their teacher doesn't live in their neighborhood. Yeah. The police officer doesn't live in their neighborhood. Firefighters don't live in their neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Doctors, lawyers don't no. live and they grow no. up disconnected, unconnected. Yeah. yeah. Yep. And unless you can reconnect, don't even don't don't even start preaching. Yeah. Because <laughs> really you you change people, you know, by connecting with them. Letting them get to know you and you get to know Love them. them. Yep. You know, people, you know, how, how do you approach a, an, an animal? And I'm not mm. uh, making up people tantamount to animals, but clearly if you were going to walk up on a lion and try to make it not a threat to you, you're going to have to have some knowledge and, a, and your approach is going to have to be one where you don't, you don't create in, the, in that right. animal. Right, and no fear. They need to defend themselves mm-hmm. against, or fear. Yeah, fear is the, the right yeah. word. Mm-hmm. Fear and, and you can't be afraid. If That's you're right. afraid of these young people, then you're not the one to call them. Exactly. You All know, right. good point, because uh, I don't know if you know Brother Tut, but he, he talked about how he goes into the community, and he goes right up to these young people, and he said, you got to show no fear. you got to mm-hmm. show that you care and that you're willing to talk. And they That's look right. at you like, if you're willing to come up in here and talk to me, maybe it's okay to talk to you, mm-hmm. you know? Well, that's Oshi Oshi. Before he relocated to Atlanta, left that legacy in Milwaukee where he went to schools and made contact with young people. And I'll never forget, Oshi, when uh, you came to town to uh, celebrate the passing of uh, uh, Ron Johnson, Shango. Yeah. And you and I went out to eat at this place, and this young man walked in who you had mentored earlier Mm -hmm. when he was in school. And he has his own plumbing business now. Yeah. And he talked about yeah. the fact that he, he was attempting to apprentice this young man and pay him union scale $43 an hour. And one day he came in and threw down his tools and said, I can make more money selling dope. And he said, he thinks he, think he and many of these young people think they're free. And they're not free. Freedom is expensive, an expensive commodity. Mm-hmm. And it's not something that you just, grab like low-hanging fruit mm-hmm. not like that that's right right so thank thank you for that legacy Oshie. you are well remembered oh, yeah. yeah all right mama and about let me try to get us some other calls before we get up out of here because we got to get up out of here in a few minutes appreciate you thank you uh harnot harnet harnet good afternoon yes i'm here all right just listening just, I appreciate that. Thanks a lot. I hope you continue to listen. Right on. Okay. I'll... All right. Let me see. Well, that's. Let me get back. But Paul's gone, and so 
Uh, brother, we only got a couple minutes. Let's let's continue to wrap this up on the program. Every time you come on, and I'm going to try to get you on as often as, as at least once or twice a month, brother, because I know your schedule is, is kind of tough, but I really appreciate this opportunity. As always, man. You know when you thank you, OC. Yeah, thank you, thank you for the opportunity. Yeah, and yes, by by me, by all means, let's do that. And um, just just I think we're we're sister. You know, I I asked her to bring some wisdom, and she brought us to back to the discussion of our young people. Mm-hmm. And so wherever you are in this country, Milwaukee, Atlanta, St. Louis, Chicago, find a way to connect, even if it's one at a time. Yeah, with with a young person or some young people that you can get their attention and and that they will give you theirs so that they can benefit and grow. You know, mm-hmm. there's a verse that says uh, it says the Creator says, "I created you that you might grow, mm-hmm. right, and, and, and that and you may know one another." You get, that's yeah, right. That you may know. To, yeah, you, you're not grown yet. You know, all of us wanted to be grown. You know, we, 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 what we thought was the wrong was the wrong thing, smoking cigarettes or drinking alcohol or cussing or whatever. But growth is about education and intellect and mastering yourself right. and the environment where you live. Exactly. Your That's what growth is about. That's growth. You got something, Brother LaRue? Yes, sir. Go ahead. Uh, 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 <laughs> Ooh, we covered so much. But anyway... I wanted to say that uh, in Dr. Martin Luther King's speech, The Drum Major Instinct, he said the drum major instinct is the most dominant impulse. It even supersedes sex. I love that. I love the drum major instinct. I love that. Right on. Right. And so we're we're in an environment right now that is uh, attacking the drum major instinct in us, our self-esteem, in our self-image. Mm-hmm. And so I like what the brother said. So uh, and, and by through us relating to each other, we can heal and correct the attack that's uh, heaped upon us. Uh, oh, we through will. unity. Yeah, oh, we will. And we, and, and, and we will. I, I can't pinpoint it. I can't give you a moment. I can't give you a time and day. But we will through persistence. And those of us who have it continue to share just like my brother Muhammad said what I was doing with young people back in Milwaukee and what he implored us to do today if you got a young person or a group of young people that you can influence that you can talk to and you can help these young people understand their obligation and responsibility towards each other and to us as a people for them to go to school get a trade or go to school work this that and the other and be productive get away in, in every before the program starts I read Baba Baruti's uh, Inyasasim, which is daily revolutionary thought. Each day, you know, I wind up reading the whole year because I I give the day before, the day of, and 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 tomorrow on weekends. But usually the day before and the day of, they're profound. They're they're they're, they're quotes by various people, but then he expounds on them. And many times, even before I have a topic, and then when I get the topic, and then I go to that, it just clicks. I mean, man, it's, it's spiritual. The Inyasasim is on point. It's on time. You know? And, 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 and basically what it says is that we, as a people, are responsible towards each other. It is, exactly. you know, and, 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 and we must build this. 
It's not going to happen by osmosis. It's not going to happen because we hope it happens. We wish it to happen. We want it to happen. It happens because we make it happen. Huh? And and you have to be, you have to be, as they say, I don't know who originated this, but be the change that you want to see in other people. I say. So you cannot be hypocritical. Right. No one likes a hypocrite, and all of us fall short. That's right. You have to be the change you want to see in other people uh, towards the good. And see, when you said that, Brother Muhammad, hold on, Brother Lurie, I'll let you. We're going to go over a little bit. I know it's 1 o'clock, but it's no big deal. But, (laughs) but, (laughs) But, you know, to me, when working with these young people, I understood that I couldn't say one thing and do another. I had to come to them straight up, you know, with humility. With, with, with no fear. We're trying to help them to understand the dynamics and what they're up against. I used to tell them all the time, I'm going to tell you about things and show you things and do things that you would never, you won't get in this school. You're not going to get this information. Right. Only through the fact that I'm here to, to, to shed this light. In fact, I had to give an analogy uh, 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 of in the morning. I said, you know, in the morning, what do you hear in the morning? I don't know, birds. Yeah, birds. You hear birds chirping, letting you know it's the morning, right? Well, I'm a goddamn bird chirping, okay? Yeah. <laughs> That's what I'm trying to get you to understand. I'm a bird chirping. I'm trying to give you this That's information right. to inspire you, you know? Yeah. You are definitely doing what you're trying to do. I do what I try and to do, brother. <laughs> you are doing what you are trying to do. Yes, sir. <laughs> yes, sir. I love it, man. All right, and, brother LaRue. You know, I love you, and, 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 and more than I love you is what you're doing. <laughs> well, I appreciate it, brother LaRue. I really do. I appreciate all of y'all. Brothers and sisters, I got to go. Brother Muhammad, once again, thank you, man, as always. You're very welcome, Moshe, always. Yes, sir. Always, brother. Brothers and sisters, right. we end this program like we end all of our programs with the words of Stephen Biko. The most potent weapon in the hands of the oppressor is the minds of the oppressed. This program is dedicated and committed to helping to free the African mind. But not just the M-I-N-D, but the M-I-N-E, because under the feet of African people lies all of the resources that everybody wants, think they can't do without, and they sure in hell don't want to pay for. Brothers and sisters, you have a blessed and wonderful weekend. Shem Hotep means go in peace. Asante Sana means thank you. Bibi Fahadier. Before means our victorious destiny. Brothers and sisters, we will be victorious. Peace, family. Have a good weekend. Have a safe weekend. Yeah.